Eric Brown, preseason Sunbelt Conference Player of the Year. How do you feel your role has really been kind of changed as a leader of, of really kind of a young team this year? Uh, I mean, my my role as a leader on this team, it's kind of I kind of look at it as we're all leaders. I mean, we we have a bunch of uh, veteran guys. Yeah, it's a new team because there's what 28 new guys. But, I mean, everybody always steps up when you need them to. So, I mean, I don't put anybody above anybody, and everybody, like, knows their role, and everybody just handles what they're, what they're supposed to handle. Frustrating opening week. You didn't lose the series. You didn't win the series. Now you've already split. How, what's it take to get that Sunday afternoon win? Uh, I mean, it's, a, it's, it's the game of baseball. I mean, Texas State's a great team. We're a great team, and it's just a, it's just a matter of fact who comes out and uh, kind of handles their business and makes the plays that need to be made. Handling their business and making the plays that need to be made, that is exactly what Texas State did, ironically, to Coastal Carolina. That was the audio clip, though, from preseason player of the year, Eric Brown. Great guy, great team. Mm -hmm. Just unable to really get it done out in San Marcos this weekend. Did take the Saturday game with their pitcher having a no-hitter through five innings. And – Texas State made it interesting there in the bottom of the ninth while I was there. Wound up falling seven to five, but man, what a game, especially that ninth inning. Well, you know, I don't think I realized what a team Texas State had in terms of baseball until they start rolling in conference play and see, or I guess maybe until they beat Texas in that in that game that uh, uh they were known for what was it? What, what did they do at the end of the game? I think there was some sort of, of brouhaha they created, some sort of threw a little uh, horns down uh, right at the dugout. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's what it was. It was some horns down. But uh, I'm telling you what, these guys are legit. These guys are uh, where are they rank now, Tibbs, number nine. They are, they were number nine coming into the weekend. It'll be interesting to see if they're maybe penalized a little bit for. A, dropping a midweek game to Incarnate Word, and then also whether or not that loss on Saturday hurts them for, uh, against Coastal Carolina. I don't see that loss to Coastal Carolina being too bad, but it just seems to me that you can't lose a game to Incarnate Word. <laughs> but you, you know, I mean, can, like, can you lose a game to Incarnate Word? I don't know. that. That's a great question because Coastal Carolina had a big midweek game beating Clemson 16 to seven in the midweek. Huge. And the big schools will say, yeah, it happens. We're playing with our lineup, this and that. Is it the same thing that maybe Texas state's playing with their lineup against incarnate word? All I know is that here in Arkansas, when Arkansas loses to a mid-major program in the middle of the week, this is why I hear, oh, well, it's middle, mid, it's mid-pitching, so the game practically doesn't count. It's almost like they don't take into account that, well, maybe the other team's using mid-week pitching. You know, they don't really – they never really look at that. And quite frankly, I've never seen a mid-week loss really affect a team standing in um, – in in, in uh, it, for a big program, so I, it will be interesting to see if Texas State receives a docking for an incarnate word beating. But I think if they do, it'll be just another example of how the the bar is set much higher for a Group of Five or smaller conference team as opposed to a Power Five team. I've never seen where you've really been penalized for that midweek loss but i've definitely seen where it has helped 
the smaller school kind of get that confidence boost they needed. I think back to one of my first games I ever went to at Northeast Louisiana, now ULM, was a midweek game against LSU. And I think the entire 50,000 population of Monroe was at that game. Yeah. I don't know how much of the game I actually got to see. I just remember seeing nothing but people and flags everywhere. ULM took the win, and that was a season that they actually wound up doing pretty well in the Southland Conference back in the days. Uh, ben Sheets getting the, the win there in the midweek game, and later on that season getting his 20-strikeout game against Louisiana Tech. I, do is I remember uh, Arkansas played UALR a couple years ago, and UALR drummed the, the uh, Razorbacks. The Razorbacks had a a great year that year. And that was a midweek game. And it was big news for University of Little Rock. I think the University of Little Rock didn't have a great season that year, but drummed out like five or six wins right after that. It was like, it really charged them up. It really revitalized them, really got them going. But uh, UA Arkansas, it was just kind of like a shrug to them. They were like, oh, well, you know, it didn't really affect the outcome of their season or definitely the outcome of their standings, but it did create a big electrical charge for the Hoogens who didn't end up having uh, like a, a storied season, but it did give them a boost for at least about two weeks. Looking at the Sunbelt conference baseball standings, Georgia yeah. Southern sitting yeah. atop the standings at five and one, your Arkansas Red Wolves. Oh, yeah. and six. What is going on in Jonesboro though, Jeremy? Well, first of all, let's not, Let's not let's not look at Georgia Southern and think, oh, suddenly they're a good baseball team simply because they beat A State. A State might be one of the worst baseball teams that's ever come out of the Sun Belt. This this version of the Sun uh, version might be the worst teams. Red Wolves currently rank last in ERA, rank last in fielding percentage, rank first or last in errors. They are one of I think they rank seventh in slugging. They cannot hit, they cannot field, and they cannot pitch. Arkansas State Red Wolves have not won a game since March the 5th. I believe this is their 13th straight loss. So I think at, at this moment they stand at 4-17. and 17. So I'd like to congratulate Georgia Southern for their, their sweep of the Red Wolves. But you cannot look at these wins, the Eagles. You just got to say, I took care of business against the Red Wolves. But, hey, congratulations to the Eagles. Good work. Well done. Uh, but I will tell you this. Uh, I, I kind of wrote an article about the state of the big three sports for Arkansas State. And for basketball and football, even though uh, the teams are down, the programs are down, um, the, the arrows are pointing up because they're making the right moves. But ball, in my opinion, to be like, let's start. Let's pretend that we've never had a baseball program. Everybody associated with Red Wolves baseball, let's just get rid of it and say, this is the first year we've ever had baseball. Because right now, in the last five years, each team has been a little bit worse every single year. And this year has been absolutely an embarrassment of a year why even play baseball if you're not going to try to win and that's where we are right now with arkansas state baseball 
They're not doing too bad in softball. <laughs> we are undefeated at softball. <laughs> and, and winless at the same time. We haven't won a game, but we haven't lost one. So we're pretty happy with that. <laughs> Fantastic. Tell me how your Warhawks are doing. Got the good old series win again yeah. this past weekend. Or I, I say that opening weekend was a, a true draw where they won the Friday night against Coastal Carolina, dropped Saturday, and tied on Sunday due to getaway rules with a yeah, all right. offense, no defense, 17-17 tie. But but got a two-game series win this past weekend with George, over Georgia State, including an extra inning walk-off home run on Saturday to kind of seal the deal. Weren't able to get the sweep there on Sunday, but I'll take two, two and one all weekend long. Little Rock falls to Appalachian State. Louisiana Lafayette takes two or three from South Alabama. I think that's a pretty big win to get the Cajuns back up and going because they have had some early struggles sitting at two and four in the conference play. Yeah, which was a little surprising, but uh, Cajuns for the last couple of years seem to have started kind of slow. But uh, South Alabama seemed to have started fast this year, so I'm not sure what happened over there. It looks like uh, we're seeing the uh, a little bit bit more of a of a great rivalry between those two. Flipping over to the softball side, it's just as we expected, where it's South Alabama sitting atop the standings right now, five and one. Louisiana Lafayette seven and two, winners of four straight. There, there's your two horse race all day long. Troy is, is is still battling in there at six and three, but for the most part, it, it's really the top of the standings and then everyone else after that, nothing really too exciting to, to speak of. Yes, but can, can we, it's such a long season. Can, do we really have enough data to determine if it, who's really good and who's really not in e- either the softball or the baseball races? I think you have some people that are already starting to kind of shine and, and show what they're capable of doing. Um, okay. I, I think that, this is definitely the time where we only have about a month of the season left before we're talking about being in Montgomery for the conference tournament. So I, I think we have a pretty good idea of who's good, who's bad. Some people could still kind of sneak up in there and, and, and showcase maybe something we haven't seen before. But for the most mm-hmm. part, I, I feel like we know who's good, we know who's bad. You know, and it, we've had some years, recent years, where in the – Sunbelt uh, baseball, we've been a multi-bid league for postseason play. If we were to be a multi-bid league, who do you think rises out of that cauldron of South Alabama, Louisiana, Coastal Carolina, that kind of mix? I think on the baseball side right now, I mean, just looking at kind of the top, Georgia Southern to me has really kind of come out of nowhere, but a 17 and seven overall record, five and one in the conference. You definitely got to think that they're one of the front runners. Texas State having the national ranking there at number nine. They got to be a lock. They might not be hosting. They might not even be in the state of Texas, but you got to <laughs> think that they're at least going somewhere into the regionals. ULM to me, still kind of an outside shot at three, three, one and one, uh, 18 and 12 overall. So they've kind of struggled until they got into the Sunbelt Conference play. But at the end of the day, as long as you win the belt, you're guaranteed that automatic bid in. 
So I could see them possibly making a run late in the tournament and getting that good old four seed at Alex Box Stadium against LSU again. Okay. All right. So you you kind of just ignored South Alabama. You kind of uh kind of moved past Coastal Carolina. Kind of not really even taking into account those two. You know, I, I really like the shots after watching them play this past weekend, but I feel like that they are just inconsistent at bat. They have pretty good defense. Their pitching is, is fairly strong, but if, if you're not able to, to put the bat on the ball and, and, and get the runs, you're not going to win games. And, and mm. there were times on Saturday where they were able to put together a nice string of runs, get, get runners across the plate, but they weren't able to do it consistently. I think they hung two or three runs in the first inning and then had nothing until the latter part of the game. And that's something that you've seen them do time and time and time again, that that's not the, the, the sign of a team that, that's really able to consistently get runners on base, advance them, and then hold on to that lead defensively or with your pitching. You know, when I think of in-depth analysis for college Sunbelt baseball, I think of you, Dusty Thibodeau. That's probably not a good thing. Uh, why is that? You oh, know I don't your know. stuff. Not, not always. Um, but, you know, I mean, South Alabama, sure, I, I think they could make the late run. But like I said, I really think at least right now through the, the first two series of Sunbelt Conference play, it's really the, the top three that are, that are separating themselves a little bit from the rest of the league. I would even argue that maybe it's, it's much like softball and it's a, a two-horse race there of Georgia Southern, Georgia State. All right, well, let me ask you this, and this is sort of a, 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 a almost a gotcha question because I'm sure you're not prepared for it. Have you been keeping up with our, our soon-to-be brothers? I have looked at their scores. I could not tell you offhand where, where they are or what they're doing. I did see Southern Miss lost to UAB, I believe it was, at least on Sunday. But know that Southern Miss's head coach recently celebrated, I believe it was his 100th career victory there. So definitely a, a track record of success as we expect for Southern Miss baseball. So something that will come in and really help the belt get even stronger. Marshall Old Dominion, they've also had their struggles this year. And, and that's something that we knew that was going to be the case. It was really going to be Southern Miss and Louisiana Tech in Conference USA to battle it out for the top spot. Southern Miss sitting at five and one in Conference USA neck and neck there with Louisiana Tech, Old Dominion Marshall there towards the bottom. So I, I really feel that nothing really is, is unexpectedly happened there for our new brethren coming in. As far as James Madison, I have not kept up with them in the least bit. Apologies to the Dukes. <laughs> All right, before we, we leave baseball and talk about, uh, think about the basketball classic, I want to talk a little bit about my Red Wolves baseball, just 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 to give you an idea of the pain that I'm in. Uh, so here's what happened. This is how the Red Wolves lost today against Georgia Southern. They did not. They were Red Wolves led the game for nine innings, or at least until the ninth. So ninth inning, Red Wolves are up by one. Georgia Southern ends up loading the bases. Red Wolves then walk in the tying run. And then they hit the next batter with a pitch 
for the Georgia Southern to win the game on purpose. <laughs> I don't know, maybe, but that's just the kind of pain that Arkansas State fans are enduring right now. Here we are on the cusp of victory, and then this unwatchable sequence of events loading up the bases, walking in a run, and then hit by pitch walk off to win the game. This is just awful baseball. It's not even like, oh, these are just close competitive games to where we can just, you know, like like stoke our competitive fire. It's just it's just incompetent baseball. So this is why I say maybe it's time just to tear down the program and start from scratch because where it is now, I don't think it can be fixed. I feel like we need uh, alumni support for that, Jeremy. So you're going to have to stretch and, and relive the glory days of Little League Baseball. Oh, you, you will be the starting right fielder, first baseman and relief pitcher. You know, my greatest regret in all my sporting career is having never hit a home run. Maybe I could I could finally have that moment. Maybe I can join the baseball team and work my way to hitting that home run. Good luck to you. Thanks. Appreciate it. So as we shift from the diamond to the hardwood, we still have two teams playing in the postseason there in the basketball classic. Monday night, it'll be Coastal Carolina and South Alabama. The winner advances to the finals to face the winner of Southern Utah and Fresno State, that championship game on Thursday night. I do not like that it's two Sunbelt teams on one side of the bracket. How does that happen? Split them up. Let the championship game be a champion and runner-up situation. That's just my thoughts. You know what? However, the how that was planned, somebody needs to be arrested. Somebody needs to be put in prison because that's not how you treat the Sun Belt, my friend. But to be fair, yeah, basketball classic, it does make it a West Coast versus East Coast, regardless of the winners of the games. I still like South Alabama. I hope that they can actually mash the accelerator from tip to horn. We have not seen that from them here in this postseason tournament. They have done just enough to win every time, which I guess is good as long as you cover, which they haven't. Other than that, I'm just looking forward to seeing the Jags get a win and the Sun Belt as a whole lift a championship trophy. Would be good to be able to beat Fresno State there, another name brand school. It would be nice to beat Fresno State, but it would also validate our support and our, our feelings for South Alabama, Tibbs, because you and I, we, we were on that bandwagon. We said they were the greatest team to come out of the Sun Belt this year, and they just disappointed us. That's Again, an understatement. They made us look like fools, damn it. But yes. now, now they have a chance to give us a measure of redemption by first beating Coastal Carolina, which, okay, we need that. And then winning this damn tournament. For the love of God, not just for yourselves, but for the reputation of the Fun Belt podcast, win this tournament, uh, <laughs> South Alabama Jaguars. For the or, love of God. Or yeah. are we supposed to throw our support behind sh- former show guest Cliff Ellis? Oh, well, like, yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like we have to cheer for South Alabama to negate the power that the show has from Cliff Ellis being a former guest. 
Well, you know, well, that's what's the crying shame of South Alabama is that they're forcing me to root against Coastal Carolina and Cliff Ellis, who we love. We love Cliff Ellis. We did love Cliff Ellis. But for some reason, South Alabama put their voodoo on us, put their hex, put their spell on us, made us, turn us into complete fools, into buying into what they were selling, and now we're stuck with the product. And now here we are at the very bitter end, the college basketball classic, begging for them to win and begging them from, uh, to win against a very nice gentleman in Cliff Ellis. As long as we get a trophy, I really don't care who lifts it, as long as it's a Sunbelt trophy. It would be nice. I would like to see that rest cradled in the arms of Commissioner, uh, Commissioner Gill. That would be nice. In any case, a team that did get to lift a trophy, they're looking for a new coach. Georgia State's Rob Lanier yes. is moving west to the Pony Express of SMU, taking the place of T- Tim Gen- – oh, Jesus, I hate these names that I can never say. Jankovic. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, sure. Lanier you was 53-30 and 30 in 29-17 Sunbelt play while he was leading the program since 2019 you know the first i think their first the smu's first uh first pick was grant mccasland out of north texas grant mccasland said no no thanks i I, i'll i'll stick it with the mean green i get here we do some play some very good basketball here and surprise they went after coach lanier uh from georgia state which surprised me i figured lanier was in for at least another year uh, he did have some troubles at the beginning of the year that I thought were a little unseemly, especially with some of the COVID things that happened. Uh, there, there was some corralling of, 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 uh, of, uh, of the program that I thought was a little bit loose. Uh, but for whatever reason, you know, wins, wins are wins. And they, the, let's face it, Georgia State probably made a big impression on a lot of people by going toe-to-toe with Gonzaga. So congratulations to Coach Lanier. You get that sort of semi-plum job with SMU, who, uh, if I recall, was in the quarterfinals of the American Conference uh, tournament this year. Uh, I think they they performed really well in the American tournament uh, and in the conference in general. So they have some, you know, high expectations to meet. And now who's Georgia State going to get? Who's I think I've seen some candidates being bandied about. I have not seen the Twitter sphere given the rumors, but I'm sure they are out there for it. If only we had a guy on the inside. If only there was a man we could turn to, somebody who had his fingers on the pulse of the Panthers. But we don't have that guy. We do not have that guy. Yeah. I do have Work on that, Jeremy. Find, Find us somebody. I do have some news regarding the Red Wolves women's team. Izzy Higginbottom from Missouri has transferred to the Red Wolves. He was a a star out of, uh, I believe, Batesville, Arkansas, who was pulled into Missouri. Uh, She did get a lot of playing time at Missouri, but she wants more playing time. 
So Destiny Rogers, new head coach at Arkansas State, has lured her in to play at Jonesboro. Jonesboro is instantly better with Higginbottom bottom at, at a, a state. So we're very excited to see the fruits of Rogers uh, or uh, yeah, the, the, that Rogers uh, coaching is now bearing fruit. And we're hoping to see even more coming from that. So we're excited. Breaking news as always. Yeah. I, 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 yeah you know, breaking news for Fun Belt podcast listeners. It's week old news for <coughs> a state, but I have a feeling maybe you didn't know. I did not know. No. Now you know. Now you're informed. Plugs, promos, parting shots. What do you have, Jeremy? I uh, wrote a article concerning the state of the big three sports at Arkansas State. The one thing that each of the big three, men's basketball, men's baseball, and uh, football, what the one thing that they need to do to get back on top. So check that out on howraiser.com. I think you'll agree that I nailed it. That, that really the step-by-step instructions to success need to be followed by the program. And that once the program starts programs start winning that i should be paid a handsome dividend for giving that advice i'm sure they'll make that happen for you yeah i appreciate that made another trek over to san marcos this past weekend for baseball yes god i wish they had a dome because it was hot as all get out out there (laughs) i feel sunburned even though i don't look sunburned But it was another amazing San Marcos trip. Beautiful facilities. Welcoming uh, fans over there. No one attacked me. I did not lead the boob catch here. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Did you identify yourself as Dusty Thibodeau from the Fun Belt podcast? Uh, It didn't fit on uh, on a T-shirt. All right. But never once did anybody recognize you as such and attack you physically. That is correct. No mental attacks, no spiritual attacks. Uh, quite possibly spiritually, but it, it, that could have just been the heat, and I was seeing things. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, then that tells me we need to triple our boob cat attacks. If we're not getting physically attacked, then we need to ramp up our efforts. <laughs> so, while I was there, I lined up a yeah. couple guests. Ooh. We'll announce it on Twitter. Funbelt underscore PC. Okay. Funbelt PC, excuse me, yeah. on on Twitter. Once they're confirmed. Because just because we get the commitment, we have to make sure they're confirmed before we can actually announce it. So we're not sitting here waiting for them and, and having There's no one gift. of these guys, Paul Goldschmidt. Possibly. What? That would be crazy. It's not, but but could be. <laughs> Oh, okay. Because if we could get Paul Goldschmidt, Bobcat legend, Paul Goldschmidt, that would be great. You're saying you would rather have him than Luis Gonzalez, South Alabama legend? You know what? Yes, and I'll tell you why. Luis Gonzalez was always hard on my Cardinals. So, uh, yeah. You know what? No. He killed the Yankees one year. I'll go with Luis Gonzalez. Yeah. Okay. I like the way you think. Yeah. 
I came back around. Let's have Luis Gonzalez. And who was who's the big pick? Ben Sheets from ben ULM. Sheets is that right? From ULM. That is correct. You need to have Ben Sheets on. Louisiana Lightning. Ron Guidry from Louisiana Lafayette. Is <laughs> that what they call him? Louisiana Lightning? That was his name. Louisiana Lightning. All right. All right. Not a bad guy for a Yankee, but you know. All right. I am out, Dusty Thibodeau. Dusty Thibodeau, are you out? I'm done. <laughs>